If you live long enough, chances are you're going to mess up somewhere along the line. Many people blame Adam, of course, for messing up the world, but I am here to tell you that if Adam hadn't done it, I would have. You know, Wendell, I think even if you hadn't done it, I would have too. The bottom line is we're always going to find guys that are in seasons and journeys of their life where something messes up and they've made a mistake and they put themselves in the wrong place. You know, that the divorce rate inside or outside of the church virtually is the same. It's well over 50%. And you know what? Men are struggling still today with pornography. And that's a, that's a key issue that ruins a lot of lives and marriages that way too. And so we're going to be hitting a couple things today. When you mess up, what do you do? How do you get there? And I, I think we've got a great guest on Wendell that with us is going to help guide us through this. But again, ultimately that question is, I've really messed up now. What do I do? And I want to make one little caveat here, Dale. Great, great points there. Um, that we're not here to beat anybody up today. We're not here to make anybody feel guilty about your past. Men get beat up enough as it is in today's society. Today, we're trying to offer a path forward. Whether it's you that is messed up and you're in a tough spot, whether you know somebody, whether you have a family member, or whether you just want to build in guardrails to keep you from messing up, I think today is going to be uh, going to be for you. It certainly is for me. We're honored today to have uh, Craig Cato with us. Craig's identity is as a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. His vocation is a licensed counselor, primarily focusing on marriage and family issues. He walked away from a computer engineering career 23 years ago to write a very important book that we'll talk about a little bit later but on surviving depression in your spouse, something Craig experienced for three years in the mid-1980s. Today, Craig lives in Hayden, Idaho, which is just north of Coeur d'Alene, is involved in his church's marriage mentor ministry. At 68, he admits he flunked retirement (laughs) and life continues on. Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's great to have you. Now, Dale, anything yeah, today, you want to add about what we're jumping into here? Well, you, you know, the reality of what we're getting into today, I just want to make sure that we all are aware, is this is a real situation. This is not something that we talk about, you know, outside of us. This is stuff that goes on right now with men. And so it's where many of us have been, or unfortunately, where some men are, you know, not just men of the church, but pastors, men's leaders or not. I was at a pastor's conference one time and they asked for a show of hands to be real honest about the number of times and that uh, people had either been or maybe were currently stuck in pornography and almost three quarters of the hands went up. And this was a pastor's wow. conference. Wow. The reality was there and people were responding to God's spirit, but they first had to put that issue before God. They had to put it out. And that's where that getting real is. You know, we live mm. in a fallen world and we're prone to sin. We're prone to offend. And we're often tempted to take shortcuts for something that we desire to be more, a little bit more self-serving. But I'm reminded in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So here we begin. If we fight this battle alone without God, without friends, 
and certainly without humility, we are going to fail at some point. Wow, Dale, that was good. Today, our guest is primarily a marriage and family counselor. So we're going to focus primarily on family relationships in some way. Craig, again, welcome. Anything you want to tell us about you, your family, motivates you, your passions, your hobbies? First of all, I'm a very unusual counselor. I'm a 25-year computer, uh, hardware, software, networking guy, actually several years as a pure research engineer uh, at Texas Instruments, Uh, probably one of the only living heart donors. Um, I was extremely objective, uh, and yet God blessed me with a wife, only sisters, only daughters, and until recently, only granddaughters. So my life has been an estrogen storm. But <laughs> what this has allowed me to do as a counselor is to see it both from the male's perspective and the female's perspective. And so I do a lot of gender work uh, in terms of what's typical with both. Um, so I'm, I'm very honored to be here. And um, I think one reason I can speak about this subject is I had a 20-year pornography addiction. I got caught by my daughter. In uh, uh, 22 years ago, and it was the best and the worst day of my life. Yeah, sure. Uh, A lot of times, men especially do not stop a bad behavior for any other reason besides fear. Yep. Okay. So my daughter, who used to say I was her her hero, all of a sudden didn't look at me the same. Mm. Sure. Yeah. It took six years till she called me her hero again. Wow. That's a journey. Craig. So That's recovering from something like that is something very near and dear to my heart. Well, I appreciate your honesty there, Craig, because you're talking to over 50% of the men who are listening, who are, who are either headed into or coming out of or in the middle of some significant issues with pornography and that messes up relationships tremendously. Wow. Um, anything else you want to say about, you know, how men or why men would mess up before we jump into some of the path forward things? You know, something that this would take a a Bible study to get into it. But as I read the scripture, sexual sin is the only sin cover to cover in the Bible that we're supposed to run from. Hmm. Okay. I started wondering, why is that? Is this sin more difficult? Can God not? you know, overtake this one. Why, why we're supposed to attack every other sin. We are the victor. God and me is a majority. We've already won the battle before we start. Why is this one sin we're supposed to run from? Mm. Uh, Great question. Check me theologically, but Romans one, three times, and this is the only time the phrase is used in the new Testament. God gave them over to sexual sin. Mm. I've asked over 300 guys, do you ever feel you lose your conscience if you pursue a sexual sin? And every guy has said yes. Absolutely. Yep. So I think the yep. Holy Spirit takes a little vacation and lets us go that way. So uh, bottom line, the only way out of porn is to run the first moment. You dabble with it, you're going to fall, period. Yep, yep. That's a pretty a pretty sure outcome, that's for sure. Uh, good. Well, let's build a path forward. Dale, what, what questions might you want to ask, Craig, well, as we know, move forward? You know, going going back to some of what was uh, mentioned in our introduction and so on, let's uh, let's talk about this. 
Greg, what, what is the first thing that a guy should do if he messes up badly? Again, we, we may not think about it, what it's going to be like when we get caught or even if we're going to get caught. We sometimes can do that so, you know, under the covers and, you know, under the cover cloak of darkness or whatever. And, and maybe the guy doesn't realize I'm eventually going to get caught. But when a guy first messes up, where should with the healing process what has to happen to really to begin? I think the first thing you need to do is get authentic and honest with your God. Mm. God sees our hearts. And I had many years during my addiction when I was asking God to please, you know, prevent me from, from looking at porn, but kind of hoping there might be a magazine under the, under the mattress in the hotel. Mm. God's not a fool. Dual mindedness is not a good thing, but it's very common with this type of stuff. So yeah. come come before God with authenticity, single-mindedness, and ask God to, to uh, provide a pure heart. I love Psalm 51. Oh, yeah. After King David, who, uh, who was the only one of two people God called a friend after his own heart. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he, he murdered and had an adulterous affair and an illegitimate child. So it makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, and he says, "God, give me a pure heart. Give me a clean heart." And that's been my prayer ever since I was caught 22 years ago. Wow, that's good. I think that's absolutely where it has to start. I mean, you can't go from where you're not, right? If you don't ever admit where you really are, you can't ever move on. So I, I like that, and only God can do what you've just described. Anything else, um, Craig, that a person should do on the spiritual front? You know, certainly I think a, a male accountability partner is critical. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. When we mess up, especially with something like sexually and our wife finds out, um, the, the trust is almost completely gone. And if we're listening to God, our uh, our boundaries go way, 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 way higher. And our wife does not need to know that we looked one quarter of one second too long at a woman today on the street. Right. We, we have to confess to a male accountability, certainly any serious violations, we must confess to our wife. Yeah. But the little tiny things like, boy, I didn't guard my eyes quite like I should have. That just brings our wife back into the issue and it just makes it worse and worse and worse for them. Hmm. So having an accountability partner that you really don't want to disrespect, that you really don't want to lie to, that you really want their, uh, their approval. Uh, find a person like that in your life and submit to them. Wait, that's, that's a key part. It is. It's it's powerful. Let me ask you this, though, before we move on. How do you find that individual? I mean, because you know, fifth set of guys are struggling with the same thing, right? So you're looking for an accountability partner who may be in as deep as you are so or have been. I think you want to look around and look for someone that's older and someone that you really, really, really respect. Um, It's hard to ask a guy to mentor you. uh, But honestly, no matter who's listening to this podcast, if you ask a guy to mentor you, it can't be as bad when I asked my mentor. Uh, I reached extremely high on the tree. A guy named Paul Stanley was the vice president of Navigators International. I said, Paul, would you mentor me? I expected yes or no. He said, I've got three books I want you to outline. And he did that wow. three times. I outlined nine books for this man before he agreed to mentor me. Wow. 
but I don't believe I've ever grown in my walk with Christ, except for when I had an older man pouring his life into me. It's well, important to have a fall. Such yeah. a key thing to bring that in, you know, because again, you need somebody who maybe understands this a little bit more from an outside perspective, but to pour into your life, their wisdom, maybe things they've learned along the way. And I think that's a great guidepost for any man that's in that position right now or finding out that they're struggling, get somebody, get some help, get a good friend and and bring them into the journey with you. But let's go back for just a moment. Craig, how do you approach the person that you may have offended, whether it's your wife or somebody else, how do you approach them? How do you begin to make amends there? What I'm going to say here, I think applies to major uh, offenses, minor offenses, and all offenses. In today's society of wanting to be so efficient and so soundbite, uh, I've heard hundreds of couples in my office apologize to each other, and it's typically, sorry, a one-word apology, mm, and then yeah. a response of, it's okay. Yeah. You don't know what either of those two things mean. Mm. I'm sorry I offended you, maybe. Sorry you're so hypersensitive. Sorry right. I ever met you. I mean, it could mean yeah. a lot of things. Right. And it's okay could mean I forgive you, or if I say okay, we get to move on. If I say okay, maybe we can just change the subject. So I recommend a three-part, very exacting three-part apology. First, I did the following against you. Yeah. Number two, I have no excuse. Mm-hmm. And number three, will you please forgive me? And then give time for the for your wife to answer you. Um, that is a healing apology. Anything else tends to not be healing. Yeah, yeah. That's where well, you begin to earn that trust back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, Craig. Really good. Wow. Anything else on the person you may have offended? Yeah, as soon as you apologize and receive forgiveness, you need to understand that the world has changed. If if, if you had a, a sexual sin of any type, uh, your your standing has changed dramatically. Yep, yep. And what you thought was maybe fair the previous day is not fair anymore. At this point, your humility and your desire to win back your wife should you bring you to the point of accepting just about any conditions whatsoever. Mm. I'm not saying be a doormat, right. but I am nope. saying you should willingly submit. Um, when I was getting out of my addiction, my poor wife, she must have a lumpy head because I made her sleep or I asked her to sleep on my power supply and my battery for my laptop. Mm. That, was, wow. that is all acknowledging I am powerless. Okay. Yep. Yep. If yep. she wants to look at your passwords, you better give them to her. If she wants yep. to monitor your phone, you better let her. Yeah. Yep. So I think yep. honestly, no, you, you want to set up a boundary that makes it difficult for you to reoffend. Mm-hmm. That that's powerful. And Craig, not just with your wife, but then with the accountability partner or somebody else is in your life who can help you not cross that barrier, that bridge again, and keep holding you back. I'm not sure a wife wants that responsibility, but they're happy. Happy is the wrong word, but they're willing to be a participant if they've moved towards or are moving towards forgiveness. But there still has to be those hard lines like you're talking about. I like your defensive, your defensive or lack of being defensive position, your defenseless. 
you have no excuse. Mm. I mean, how many times do we hear that in our world today? I have no excuse. I, I messed up big time. We don't, we don't hear it. We got excuses for everything. 99 reasons. I have the, the reason to, to mess up here. It's your fault. I, I play with the word reason versus excuse. There are reasons or triggers for a bad excuse, yes. a bad behavior, and we need yep. to discuss those with our wife. Absolutely. If he's 100% unapproachable sexually, uh, that's a sin on her yep. part, and we yep. got to discuss yep. that. Yep. That's a trigger reason, but that's different than an excuse. An excuse says it's not my fault. It's a transfer of responsibility, uh, and, and, and it's never Basically saying I have no excuse doesn't mean you're perfect. It means I refuse to justify my behavior, my bad behavior based on anything you did. And you talked about, you know, reasons so often help me understand this, but it, it seems that so often there's a lack of communication in a relationship that leads to some of these things. They're not the reason for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they 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 don't help resolve some of these issues when you just refuse to talk about the lack of sexual activity in the marriage. Refuse to talk about some of the things you feel as as you're involved in that deep relationship. Is that accurate from what your experience validates? It, it absolutely is, and then and I think it's First Corinthians seven where it talks about do not deny each other sexually. We, yep. we normally throw that at the woman. In terms of you know uninterested, right. exactly. Well, if you read that correctly, it is a sin for me to not approach my wife if I have a need. Yep. Because it will be met an inappropriate way Correct. if I don't do that. Yeah, that Correct. is every bit as much of a sin as a wife turning you down. Is for yep. me to say, you know, honestly, sometimes pornography is easier. Yep. Yeah, doesn't fail as yeah. often as human relationships. And yeah. you don't get that's rejected. why God says neither one of you should deny each other yeah. or yeah. yourself. Yeah. Wow. You know, we're all capable of doing the mental gymnastics to force ourselves into thinking that we're right or we did it because of all the right, noble, even sometimes reasons. But the bottom line is this when it's wrong, it's wrong. Let's get it out in the clear start dealing with it before it overwhelms us because it could be at the at that overwhelming point right now but getting a hold of it just as soon as we identify that and doing all these steps Craig that you brought to our attention I think that's a key part of this let me ask you about this one is it reasonable for a guy to be put in a penalty box with a spouse or a girlfriend it doesn't matter if it's reasonable it's going to happen <laughs> uh, what does that mean a penalty box you know there's one author that said men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti both are good mm. foods men tend yep. to compartmentalize sometimes yep. too much yep. hey honey you know let's let's move on i haven't had an affair for nine minutes come on that's a new day <laughs> exactly. guys can go a little too far that way but the female brain the, the basic pure structure of the female brain Everything tends to be connected to everything. Right. Okay. And not only the topics connect, but the past connects with the present, which connects to the future. And when you take those two together, it will seem like your wife is unrelentingly punishing you. Yeah. Work really hard to just believe this is the way her brain processes. Um, and so try to avoid, you know, um, defensiveness. Um, 
I, I know this is true because I bet I've had 300 women in my, in my practice say, I'll ask them, what do you want from your husband uh, regarding this, this, uh, this serious failure? And the answer is almost always the same. I want for it to have never happened. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we just need to let that go. Yes, it's illogical. Yes, it makes no sense, but it's not the time to bring it up. Yeah, right. Right. Um, right. But that shows the past leads into the, into the present. And so you have to be patient with it. I've also had so many women tell me, I can't forgive him for what he did last week because I've already seen him do it tomorrow. Mm. And that doesn't make much sense either. But uh, just pray yourself up good and and seek to not react against illogical statements like those two. It's so easy once you've confessed because now you're feeling like you're moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. What we often forget is what was a simple, not easy, simple confession for you rocked the world of your partner who may have been clueless as to what was yep. going on. So the journey you've been on up until that point is now the journey they're starting on going forward. And so that makes it so difficult to work through that process. Honey, I said, I'm sorry. And I mean it. I really mean it. Can we move on? The answer is probably, but not today. Today's not your day, buddy. We're not happening today. That's exactly, exactly the way it sometimes works. Um, Any final comments from, from you, Craig on, on, I know you, you've, you've counseled thousands of couples over the years of your, of your practice. Any final thoughts that you would like to bring? Just a quick one. If if you don't believe that you can change, uh, look at my life. When I changed from a research engineer to a marriage counselor, my wife said, what are you going to call it? <laughs> Snap out of it counseling? <laughs> hey, that isn't very fair. Uh, so God, God really did uh, uh, open my heart up to the soft side of women. And so I just, uh, I want to encourage you. God can make you new in spite of this. Amen. Amen. That's great. So let me ask a couple of personal reflection questions for all of our listeners. And these are in the show notes as well. But one is, where am I headed in the areas mentioned above? It's time to do an introspective look. Where are you headed in some of these areas we've talked about? What is one area that creates the most vulnerability in your life today? What's the one area, coworker, computer, your phone? What is it that creates the most vulnerability in your life today? And then this last question is really critical. What one thing do I need to do today to help me flourish and avoid disaster? And those two are opposites of the same coin. Flourishing, I avoided disaster. Disaster is going to take me down a much different road that I may not know the end of. Well, listen, um, Craig, thank you. Dale, thank you. This has been very helpful. Craig, I know I know you wrote a book. You, I mentioned that in the intro. What's the title of that, and how would people get a hold of it? You bet. The title is called Solo on a Tandem Bicycle. Uh, the subtitle is Hope When Your Spouse is Depressed. My wife was extremely depressed for three years in the mid-'80s. Uh, we've made it, and uh, we have our 46th anniversary coming wow. up. Congratulations. Um, 
but I, that's three years of my life writing that book and discussing or uh, interviewing dozens of couples. What should we do or what should we not do? And even if your wife isn't depressed, I think some of the topics in there would be useful in today's subject to walk with a gentle heart um, in, in the valley you're stuck in right now. I, I think that's a great, I love the title, by the way. Yeah. And you and, can get uh, it at Amazon or Barnes yeah, and Noble okay. or just about anywhere. Okay. That's awesome. Good. Well, I, I highly recommend it. Listen, I know Craig and I know his uh, his passion to help people in relationship. And uh, I highly encourage you to, to jump on Amazon and pull that one off, even as we're trying to wrap up our time today. Listen, thank you both for your participation. Craig, thanks for your years of, uh, of leadership in this. Thanks for your honesty about your own addictions. Those are the things that uh, do make uh, hope and encouragement, a possibility for anybody caught in the middle of this today. Yeah. Just a reminder, our episodes are launched on the first and third Thursdays of every month. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so on our website or wherever you consume your podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. You are the reason we exist. We do all of this for pastors and leaders and men because every man deserves the opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God.